The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right. Well, I want to welcome everyone. This is a presentation by the Borough College Leadership Training Task Force. And uh, tonight we're going to be discussing the fine art of delegation part two. And uh, we've had some committee. Uh, we have uh, Artist Bazin with us, who is current president of Ivy and also chair of the membership committee for ACB. And uh, hopefully we'll have some, a good good discussion with her and uh, we'll get some uh, audience participation. So my partner in crime today is uh, Doug Powell, who's president of Virginia. And for those of you that do not know me, my name is Matt Salm and I'm President of Kentucky. All right, Doug, you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Thanks. <laughs> I'm also the uh, I'm also a special interest uh, president uh, of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. So, um, uh, since I'm doing both jobs, uh, I have I, I brought up this idea of delegation because I sure as heck needed to learn how to do it. Um, trying to uh, preside over two different affiliates. Um, and uh, we did this at the uh, leadership uh, uh, conference uh, in March, and uh, there, it was received really well. So we decided to uh, uh, continue it tonight. And so uh, we had some questions that hadn't been asked uh, last month and, uh, or two months ago. And so uh, we're hoping that uh, we and you can uh, bring up some good subjects for us to talk about in terms of uh, developing your leadership skills. How's that, Matt? <laughs> so I, I think I think that, yes, yeah, I think we'll be you know I think Matt and I will also be chiming in with artists. Unfortunately, uh, Julie Brannon, who was uh, one of our participants in March couldn't uh, at the last minute, couldn't make it. And Erlene Hughes uh, couldn't make it either. So um, we, we may be opening it up to uh, people in the audience to react to the questions of how do you do it? And uh, you know, what, what successes have you had? So. Daddy, no. All right. And um, <laughs> if, um, if we could, uh, if we could call an an audible here, and um, I see uh, Amanda is in the audience. If we could promote her up here, if that would be possible, yeah, that'd be great. She's the president of the. Next generation, ACB next generation. So. That would be good. 
So, what? All right. While we're getting so, Amanda, yeah, yeah. You, while we're working the on questions that. in front in, in front of you. Yeah, I'm pulling that up. All right. So uh, I think you know last time um, uh, we kind of had a lot of, um, and you know maybe this is worth circling back over, but we kind of talked about how do we uh, we talked about you know how do we decide what to delegate on committees? How do we, um, how do we pick people for committees? And so it, it all kind of leads around to the topic of, you know, how are we recruiting people or how are we deciding on what tasks we're going to delegate to someone? Let's start with that. So, Okay, would you like me to go first? If you please, artist. Thank you. Okay, sure, no problem. Um, what I do when I look at my group, whether it's chair of the ACB membership committee and looking at my members on my committee or as president of Ivy, when I'm looking to ask members uh, to be more involved and do something, I first think about what I've noticed that they're good at. Uh, sometimes just by talking to people, you kind of see what their habits are. And, and if they attend um, the meetings regularly, if they're consistently um, responding to um, questions that I'm asking about uh, what we want to do for the future, et cetera, then I'm more prone to ask them to do a particular task. Like on the ACB membership committee, um, it's generally contacting speakers for an upcoming focus call. Um, then I'll ask them if they'd be willing to contact such and such speakers. And if it's uh, related to just thinking of ideas, of course, I ask the whole group. But if I know something, somebody is particularly strong in one area, then I might ask them about that particular skill. As president, of, of course, it's great if you can have different committees, but if you don't have a lot of people that are real involved, then it's kind of up to the president to ask particular members if they can assist in a particular project. I know for Ivy, it's more if someone's willing to facilitate like a book discussion or uh, facilitate a call um, if, I, if I'm not available or just to um, provide information to the group. So it, I kind of look at the skills and then go from there. Great. How about you, Matt? How do you, how do you decide? Uh, well, here in Kentucky, I think we're really deciding based on, um, you know, one, if someone uh, wants to do a particular task or sometimes if people have an idea, you know, we kind of give them ownership. A lot of it too is really past experience, you know, who's, who's done it before, who's been around and, understands how things have been done before, uh, particularly like convention planning, that sort of thing. 
and um, that kind of dictates how things get uh, decided, you know, distributed out. So, and in my case, um, I have one affiliate that has a lot of experience. So, um, you know, I just try to ask, you know, who who has a passion for this particular subject and. And I usually get a, a pretty good response. And so I can make up my committee from that. Um, and uh, on the other, the other affiliate that, that I'm uh, presiding over uh, uh, has that situation that Matt was talking about where we don't have a whole lot of members, you know, a whole lot of leaders and that kind of thing uh, who are experienced. So we're, we're really, um, I, I'm really giving a lot of people uh, a taste of, <laughs> of how it can go. And it, it requires a little bit more hands-on um, mentorship um, to, uh, to make it work. But um, what I've really found in is that um, the people who are interested are really interested in doing something and getting something done and you know, being successful at it. And if we can harness that, and then, then we can sort of keep moving forward, even if it's in small increments. And so that's that's how I've sort of been uh, doing one of my affiliates. And then uh, the other affiliate, um, sometimes I have to hold people back because <laughs> they, they get so excited about so many different things that, you know, it's, it's kind of more than we can take on at any one given time. So um, it's, it's less, you know, less riding herd and, and more, um, you know, holding onto the reins a little bit and be, being realistic and trying to figure out what, what it is we actually can get done. Because again, we want to we want to come up successful in any case. Well, I know one of the things that I do for uh, asking someone that hasn't done something before is like if I'm asking them to find a speaker for a particular focus call, I'll tell them exactly what they need to tell the speaker. I'll give them a kind of a script, so to speak. Okay, we want them to do this and talk about this. And um, they, you know, make sure that they're aware of such and so. And that really helps a lot because otherwise they call up the person, well, hey, can you speak on that column? Well, then they're bombarded with questions. Oh, what do I need to talk about? Uh, you know, <laughs> yep. and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if I fill that in by giving a script, you know, then it makes them more likely to be willing to call people. All right, and I see we've got Amanda up here now. Amanda, you want to introduce yourself and chime in here? Sure. So my name is Amanda and uh, Sam, and I am uh, the president of ACB Next Generation. And um, kind of what I do when I delegate, I do a couple of different things. Um, I, I think I've gotten it down pat a little bit better now that we are about th uh, three years old so um but I don't know if I have my system is the best but so what I do is um I make it a point to to get to know the the members um whether that's through like you know events or um like like events or like going to the committee meetings, like if I actually go or if I listen to the recordings, um, I make it a point to uh, kind of make sure I'm present one way or another in, in 
listening to that so that I can see how people are interacting. And <clears throat> the other thing that we do to get to know the members is we have a committee showcase in next gen. And um, I get to know a lot of people through that. And um, that that's also helpful. Um, so I that's the first thing I do is I get to know the members and kind of get to know what they're doing right now uh, with their day jobs or, you know, if they're in school, what they're studying or, you know, kind of just uh, finding out what their passion is. And I just kind of uh, go from there. Um, I kind of also do another thing uh, in getting to know people is I kind of like to know about their lifestyle. Um, like we have a mixture of people that are students that are full-time employees that are parents. So I, I'm very cautious about the workload that I give people, um, seeing like what kind of skills they might have, um, and cautious about that to see where they kind of fit there. Um, but and but going back to the committee showcase after the committee showcase is over, um, I actually review the committee applications that we that we use. So we do a Google form, and on that form we ask questions about various skills and your interests and things like that. And they have a chance to let me know what committees they are interested in. So I can start from there and start having that conversation with them, whether that's verbally or written. And, um, you know, encourage the committee chairs to have that same conversation. Now, when it comes to committee chairs, um, uh, I'll, let me approach this from a committee chair perspective and uh, a president perspective first and then a committee chair perspective. Um, as a president, um, something, um, something that I do, it, oh, I got a text message from your committee chair, Matt. Hang on. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a second. Um, I think that was her. Uh, Something that I do um, as a uh, uh, as the president is I I um, look at what skills they're bringing and you know like uh, you know if they display the qualities that I look for in leadership and uh, I just simply ask them hey have you thought about this and I have that conversation with them. Some people are like, uh, I'm not sure, and I kind of make it a no-pressure thing. Some people are like, uh, well, I can't do that unless I have help, which is where I have a vice chair or a co-chair situation, depending on what level of support they need. Um, and uh, I'm on the same page with Julie Brandon with this, is that I use that as a mentoring um, situation. So that's what I do um, when, at, from a president perspective. What I do uh, from a committee chair perspective when I put together teams um, is I look at who is exhibiting what strengths and what areas. Like in convention, uh, I would have a registration team because those are the people that handle it. 
I would have um, what I would call a hospitality team, you know, because there's one particular person that we have that works with the contracts for the venue um, and the hotel. So that's what that's where I would come in there. And now that and, you know, my now my head's spinning and I think I want to have multiple, you know, add other teams to that. And so I look at what people have already done in the past and kind of bring it forward. But I use that as a my my plan from here on out and kind of what I'm doing now is I want to use those as teaching moments, um, I guess, because I'm all about passing it on. So I, whether I'm a president uh, in the presidential position or I am in the uh, committee chair position, I want to use this as an opportunity to start passing the skills down. So, all right, I, I'm going to be quiet now. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody. So, you know, sometimes um, uh, especially in smaller groups, uh, we tend to lean on our board a lot to um, you know get get things done. And sometimes our board can fill a lot of spots on a committee almost where the committee meeting is turned into like a miniature board meeting, I guess you could say. <laughs> so uh, what is your all's perspective on, you know, is there a good ratio of board members versus members at large and the, in the structure of a committee or a project? Um, you know, what, which, or is it more, or do you guys see it more as, well, we can't really control that. It's just who we have on deck and let's, let's just go because we got stuff to get done. What do you all think about that? Okay, who do you want to go first? Uh, let's let Doug go first because I heard a little chuckle over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think but in both cases, uh, a lot of our committee chairs are also board members. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure... Uh, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not using uh, my board uh, the way I ought to be, but it seems like the board positions don't have a lot to do as board. I mean, the, the treasurer certainly does and the, and the secretary does the minutes and that kind of thing. But I think there's, you know, I think there's room to use those folks as the leaders of our, of our committees and, and start grooming people to come up and uh you know and 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 do different things so um in in both affiliate cases i i think that we tend to use our our uh, officers and board people a lot as as committee chairs um yeah all right uh artists um yeah i think affiliates do um use their uh, board members as committee chairpersons, but as far as on the committee, it's good to have a mix. I think it tends to be the fact that board members are more committed, so are likely to volunteer for uh, committees, whereas the general membership 
uh, they always don't feel as involved. And sometimes they don't feel like they understand what is necessary for the committees. So I think it's important to kind of share the committee responsibilities uh, with all of your members so that they're more inclined to be willing to serve on a committee. And a lot depends on how you reach out to them. Um, I've noticed myself that I can ask for volunteers to serve on committees and I'm much likely um, not to get responses if I just ask for volunteers. Whereas if I ask a particular person, hey, I think you'd be great for that committee. Uh, would you be willing to serve on that committee? And then you might get some hesitation, but you're more likely to get a yes than if you just ask for volunteers. And I don't see a problem if you have to rely on board members more for committees, but I do definitely think it's important to reach out to your members because how are you gonna develop um, leadership in the future if all you use is the board members um, for your committees? Now on the membership committee, we have a mix of people on the membership committee. Um, a couple of them are, either have been presidents of their affiliate or are currently, but most of them are just um, ACB members. And uh, I don't know that some of them have ever been um, on a board or not. I don't know that. I know they haven't been on the ACB board. <clears throat> but I don't know if they're on the board for their local affiliates or not, unless they uh, happen to tell me or if I ask them. Uh, so I think it's a good to have a mix as much as possible. All right, Amanda. I 100% agree with um, what artists just said. I think it's really good to have a mix of current board members and then, you know, new members and kind of like, the members that you know you're putting it in the back of their head that want to aspire to leadership or just want to help out um i even like because uh, like right now in next gen let me kind of give you the ratio in next gen right now we have uh nine committees now and um uh five of them um are chaired by board members two of them Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Um, yes, five of them are chaired by board members. I had to think about it. Sorry. Um, two of them are chaired by former board members, as in they they left um, the board during their previous terms and they did not want to run for re-election. Um, and then um, I have uh, a committee that is a uh, was being co-chaired again and. I have a, a person that strictly uh, it. He is a, a chair that's he's very involved in his uh, state affiliate and um, I think a, another affiliate as well. So he, uh, I basically have him chairing the committee because of his expertise and his involvement there. So I think it's really good to have a mix of people. Um, I. I, I honestly could go either way with all of the chairs being um, board members, and I could honestly go the other way with 
trying to branch out. I think it depends on the level of talent that you're seeing in people, uh, enthusiasm and all that. Now, um, the, the, the good thing about having board members either leading or being involved on a committee is that they have that connection there. And that that's what I, I think is the biggest um, benefit to that is that they understand what the committee is doing. We actually have um, in our constitution for next gen that under our roles and responsibilities of board members, that board, board members have to be involved in at least one committee. Um, and I think that helps with the connection. I, I would recommend that to other affiliates, honestly, because I I have been on boards where I feel like there is a lesser connection with a board with, with a board member and the affiliates committees. Um, and then as far as the participation on the committees, you know, um, I I I like to see 50-50, 50% board and 50% of our members getting involved. Heck, I think I would like to go as far as to say I'd like to see that increase just a slight little bit to uh, 60% of our members and maybe 40% of our board members just to kind of see um, more members getting involved. Um, we, just put, we just put out a survey to kind of gauge the involvement of our members, just to kind of see what some of the factors were of them not getting involved in committees. And I'm hoping to use that information uh, along with our membership committee, obviously, um, to kind of maybe come up with a strategy to help get our members uh, more involved in committees or more involved in participating even on like little projects that committees need help with. Matt, I, I wanted to ask, um, we, we've yeah. been talking about committees. Um, do, in, in, in your guys' affiliates, do, do you uh, have the committees uh, creating projects and then working on projects or do you create a project as a board and then have cross-pollination for the root work group that's working on that particular project or how how do how, you know how do you do that kind of stuff um it's a good question who wants to start so so doug um I don't know if this is going to help answer your question. Um, so the committees in NextGen, sometimes, most of the time, I have the committees are basically doing specific work, like conventions, working on programming for the convention, upcoming ACB convention. Public relations is working on promoting. Membership is working on, you know, how to engage our members. So. What I do whenever I feel like NextGen has needs some special projects done, and we started it last year, um, it, is that um, either quarterly or biannually, I think we're going to switch to biannually, um, I have split the board up into two or three teams. Um, and each of those teams, each of those teams of three, because I, we have 10 people on the board and I'm an, I'm a member basically of all the 
teams, you know, I'm communicating with all of them. So it's an even distribution. And so um, what each of the teams would each be assigned a project. And we usually um, report back on that. Um, It usually, most of the time it's paired. uh, I pair board members up based on past experience or what their committee is already doing and what they can bring to that project. Like, for example, we needed a code of conduct update and I had a constitution bylaws chair on that one. And I had a, um, a person that had been on the constitution bylaws chair on that committee. And then I had a person that we were, the other project was we were working on a confidentiality uh, policy and I had another person that was on CMB that, and that actually does that for their kind of for their day job. So uh, same, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be different for different affiliates. For example, uh, Matt may have some kind of a, you know, a a state affiliate might have some kind of a project like uh, accessible pedestrian signals and trying to get something done in that arena or something like that. And, you know, uh, perhaps it's a committee, but perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's a, a sort of an ad hoc working group or voting, you know, trying to get accessible um, absentee ballots and, you know, those kinds of things. So there are issues that come up that affiliates are working on. And I was just wondering how, how you know, whether you have your committees uh, do something. like I, I know sometimes a special interest affiliate is a little bit different, but, um, you know, how I mean, your examples were good uh, uh, in, you know, Amanda, that, um, you know, so you had particular projects and you, you know, you got the people who knew what they were doing in that arena to to work on that. Um, Yeah, but just, you know, like uh, membership, um, for example, you get uh, you guys have those focus calls and that's sort of an ongoing thing. But is there anything that comes up, for example, artists, uh, you know, in the membership committee that, you know, you and, uh, you know, perhaps, um, uh, uh, you know, Cindy might might say, well, you know, this is a project that we probably ought to be working on in the next quarter. Um, you know, do you, you know, do you have your committees assigned to it or do you uh, find out who would like to be, you know, who would like to be working on that particular subject? Um, we usually come up with the projects as a group uh, for the membership committee, mm-hmm. and then um, different people are assigned to um, contact speakers. So um, one month, you know, I might have three people that are working on getting speakers for, um, like, say, May, and then um, the next month I have people working on getting the speakers for the following month. And um, we kind of just break it up that way. So Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully all of them are uh, given different, you know, tasks at different times. And then um, sending a reminder, follow up to them, you know, with uh, specific questions, you know, closer to the date of the call. So it kind of depends on the particular um, project. And, but usually they're, they're just assigned. Um, we don't have committees within the committee. We just, um, you know, use different people for the different uh, the different calls. And um, Ivy is not very large, and we don't have a real lot of um, involvement from um, 
many of the members. So we tend to just uh, delegate uh, different people that do different things. And the board members have different responsibilities um, as far as things that they need to do. And if um, they need people to help them work on those particular things, then they ask and then we find other people that are willing to work on those projects. But I think larger affiliates, I know I, I've been, I'm on a couple of committees for like California Council of the Blind. And I know there, you know, different committees do different projects right now. The membership committee there is working on a leadership seminar for um, three days in September. And uh, I know as governmental affairs, you know, we work on different, like you were talking about accessible pedestrian, but we're working on, you know, different things, you know, scooter bill or um, things like that. So uh, it seems like different committees are designated to do certain things. And then if a special project comes up, well, then a committee is formed for that specific project, unless it can fall under a particular committee, which often they do. Matt, how you do? How do you do it? Yeah, I would say um, we're kind of in the kind of the latter boat that you described, Doug. So uh, we're really, I mean, obviously, if something's an ongoing thing, it kind of gets delegated to uh, uh, you know one of our committees, um, or if it may naturally fit in an area like. We've been working on our updating our website, and so that's kind of been delegated to uh, public uh, to our PR committee to really organize and tackle the bulk of that work. Um, but you know, there are sort of other things that uh, uh, come up that. Um, you know, that folks want to do that really doesn't fit into a committee. Um, mm -hmm. Particularly last year, you know, we, of course, had the tornadoes in Western Kentucky and the floods in Eastern Kentucky. And so, you know, trying to help uh, our members in particular in Eastern Kentucky that need assistance and trying to find... Um, uh, find ways to help and, uh, you know, find, locate persons and, you know, that sort of thing that really um, just became the work of, you know, who can do, who can do this, uh, you know, who can, who can, who can do that? How can we coordinate um, to get these things done? And, you know, kind of put out the call for volunteers. So it really kind of depends on what, what people want to get done, you know, but I would say on the whole, other than just ongoing things, a lot of those ideas are generated uh, through our board and through discussion and stuff. So. But I, I liked what you said though, about, you know, reaching out for volunteers to take, to help with the project. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that involves some of the members who may not be in the committee structure, but, you know, who, you know, have a passion for, you know, whatever the project is like, you know, making sure that, you know, you guys reach your, uh, uh, your members who are in stress. 
um, you know, uh, uh, from natural disasters or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I think one of the things that we try, we, we try to do, and, and I think that was a good demonstration of it is trying to, you know, involve as many of the members as we possibly can. Right. Cause members who have participated with us are probably going to sign up again. And, uh, <laughs> and those who can sit at home and, and wait for it to be done to them may decide, uh, you know, well, I, I don't want to do it this year or something like that. We have another uh, question from your list, Matt, that. Yes, we do. Sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once over here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, uh, so inevitably our, uh, you know, if we're just delegating single tasks or if we're, you know, assigning things to committees or forming groups to do projects, you know, inevitably sometimes those folks are going to come into conflict with one another. <laughs> so what do you all do to kind of help manage that conflict or help, uh, everybody uh, uh, get on the same, get on the same page. And uh, let's start with, um, let's start with Amanda. I'm going to pick on her. Oh, jeez. Um, well, if, it, <laughs> if it's up to me, um, we go to a boxing ring and I put one person say. in one corner <laughs> and another one, another corner. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, luckily for me, I, we, we haven't had anything major come up lately. I mean, we've had a few conflicts here and there and overall, I, I just, if anyone in next gen is listening to this, just, just know I am so thankful for the way that you all handle conflict. Um, my, I, ha I have two approaches to this, and the this is why I want the Burl. Uh, this might be a cheap plug for a um a another series of only you can prevent forest fires. Um, I I want people to learn to go directly to the person they have conflicts with, and I realize that we have discomfort. Uh, but me as a president, you know. I had to figure out what I needed to step into and what I needed to step away from. And that's a hard, that's a hard skill to acquire as a president. I don't think I'm, I still have mastered that, but I like, um, I like taking the direct approach to that and asking people to go directly to one another. And I don't care if they CC me on an email or if they need me to be in that conversation with them. I just, I, I just want them to start with that direct approach first saying, Hey, this is what's going on. I really need to talk to you about it. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, this, the second thing that I like to do, and I think I do it a little too much, but I like it. Like we start to have differences with each other. Um, I just did an exercise with our entire 
bored. That's it's it was the best two hours of my life. I would do it all over again. Um, where we built each other up, and we um, at seven habits of highly effective people. In terms of that, it was creating win-win situations and filling our emotional bank accounts. And the feedback I got after that night, after people were experiencing this utter, you know, this utter, I, I don't even know what to call the feeling. But after that, people were just like, wow, it, it was a game changer. So for me, I think it's let's talk it out, but let's not necessarily focus on the conflict and let that weigh us down. Because I know the conflict is it is real, but I would like to say, let's be direct about it. Let's talk it out and let's, or write it out, whatever works best for people. And let's, let's talk about it, but then let's, let's take a positive approach to it and let's try to figure out what we're going to learn from it. And let's try to just build each other up because, you know, world's so mean, y'all. I just, I, I just, I think a compliment obviously goes a long way um more so than critique sometimes and i know we have to have criticism and that causes a lot of conflict but i think we have to i think we have to um be more complimentary and realize that this is a volunteer organization we we don't get paid with money and i think paying each other with compliments and kind words is it, it really helps to prevent it in the first place. So there's my, there, there's my soapbox for only you can prevent forest fires. That's cool. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, Amanda, um, to, you know, make sure we build each other up. And I think too often in organizations, we don't thank each other enough, you know, when committees do a great job or when individuals do a great job, we don't uh, thank people enough. And I think, you know, that's very important. Um, <clears throat> I haven't had uh, much conflict on the membership committee. Everybody's worked well together and we might have differing ideas as far as uh, topics, etc. But I, I've never felt that it was a conflict. It was just that people were putting out ideas and the ideas that got the, the most um, likes, you know, from the other members were the ideas we moved forward with. Um, as far as president affiliate, um, <clears throat> and, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a conflict, but it was very uncomfortable. A couple of times we've had people on the list, the email list, um, say things that were not very complimentary. Um, and uh, I felt that they should have been taken off instead of sent to the list. They should have contacted uh, the board about their feelings on a particular thing versus, you know, putting it right on the email list. But um, I think um, the way I handled the worst one was somebody resigned on the list from the board. And I just said, oh, 
thank you for your service um, in the past. And I just, you know, kind of let it go at that. Um, but because uh, you don't want to go on a public list, you know, with all the reasons why they're wrong or <laughs> you disagree or, you know, whatever. Um, so um, I think it's important to be, you know, very tactful when you're in the public. You have to be careful and just talk to them one-on-one -on -one later that you're disappointed, you know, in the way that, you know, they handled the situation. But I do agree that we have to learn to be more complimentary. Yeah, that's one thing that I learned from Jeff, Jeff Tom, uh, as president of uh, AAVL, is he was always very appreciative of people and, you know, and, and he pretty much answered every email. And I, I'm not up to that, you know, level, but uh, I do want to try, try to acknowledge people as much as I can. Uh, and that seems to help. Um, I, and I think whenever there's a difference of opinion, I think we need to go, you know, keep going back to what will further the mission of the organization. You know, try to keep it away from the, you know, individuals harping at each other and, you know, individual <laughs> egos and, and keep the focus on, you know, what, how, how can we move forward as an organization and what, what's the best way to do that? And it's been fairly successful. All right. Well, I see we got about 15 minutes left. Um, would like to take some questions from the audience if no. folks would like to raise their hand. And I'm sure our hostess with the mostest will help facilitate that for us. Um, while we're kind of... Oh, go ahead, Doug. Um, Travis, are there, are there any hands raised? Not yet. Okay. And Herbie, uh, Clubhouse? Um, Double-checking here, but I don't think we... Do no. Okay. I have another question um, that I was thinking about this morning. Um, when you're in a meeting and your board is discussing a, an issue, um, how do you uh, balance the need for everybody to um, get a chance to say their say and I mean, I, I find that once I've said my say as president, it kind of stifles discussion, you know, most of the time, you know, well, you know, the president said this and, and so that's what we're going to do kind of a thing. And I, I try not to, you know, so I, I try to stay out of it as long as possible, even though I have my own opinions. Um, do, do you find that to be true as well when you're, you know, when you're presiding? Yes. Um. This is Amanda. I do. And then, Doug, before I, I take my turn and we cycle through, I will say, okay, um, John and, and Susie, I, I, I haven't heard from you. Do you want to add anything before I put my two cents in or are you good? And then I give them, you know, a few seconds to answer. They usually say, oh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. 
I even I'll throw my two cents in because I that's something I'm big on is making sure that everybody has a say in especially the important issues. But I just want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to talk, even if it's just, hey, yeah, I'm good. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I'd say I kind of take the same approach to um, I tend to uh, hold off to the end and, uh, you know, try to get, if someone hasn't spoken up, I try to facilitate getting their, getting them to, you know, say their piece. Uh, most people don't, are, are more than willing to say their piece, but, you know, there are a few that you just know that they're not going to say anything until you, until you're calling them. So. Uh -huh. And I agree too. I usually say, what do the rest of you think? And then, you know, then give my opinion. Unless it's so far out that um, it's not going to be good for the organization, then I might, you know, respond, you know, right away. Uh-huh. All right. Do we have any any hands? You do have one that just went up. Let me give her uh, permission to talk. It's Lynn Carell. All right, Lynn, welcome. Hey, you know, one of the things I do when I, I do the same thing. I mean, like if somebody has a suggestion, I either let them run with it or they give me suggestions and we do it with my Jewish group. I um, if somebody doesn't talk in my widow and widower's group, I say, hey, how are you doing so-and-so? Uh, what's new with you this week? And I do that because, you know, you don't want to feel that anybody is, you know, um, not going to be um, listened to. And I've learned that when other people facilitate, they've left out people and I get really upset about that because I don't want people to be left out. If they're part of the group, they deserve to be heard and their perspective needs to be heard and that's how I feel about it and I think delegating and giving people responsibility and I've been a president of an affiliate secretary of, of my local affiliate now and um, all sorts of stuff like that but I think that it's really important to give people so that they can feel that they're needed that they feel especially in a voluntary organization you know people want to feel like they're going to be listened to and that you'll listen to them and that you really want to know what's happening to them. So I'll remember, you know, now with, with the groups I, I kind of run, I remember everybody's phone number now and you know who they are. Oh, that's so-and-so. That's so-and-so's phone number. So I'll do that and I'll pay attention and try to, you know, give people what I, what I think they need. You know, I'm not perfect. You know, nobody is, but I do the best I can. Great. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn. And any other hands? Not at this time in, in Zoom. Herbie, any hands in Clubhouse? Why? Nope. Did you have any more questions for us? <laughs> <laughs> I have a question um, just because I know I'm going to run into this and you know, I, I'm just interested to hear people's take on it. Um, and if anyone 
and the audience is an affiliate president. I, I'd be interested to have their take on it as well. Um, so I'm interested in this fits in with delegation because at some point during the delegation process, you're, you have to transition um, a little bit from one committee chair or co-chairs to maybe another committee chair or co-chair. And I, I would like to know um, what, what, how do you all feel uh, or what are some of the best practices that you found with that, like how to transition and move that process along? Because, um, you know, what if like when, when you feel like you have some emerging leaders and you feel like they deserve a chance, is there one smoother way to do that over another? You mean replacing committee chairs? Yes. Yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. I guess that would be my my question. Like how to transition the committee from like like how to transition your committees, I guess would be I, I hate replacing, but you know, you're right, Doug. That is kind of what we are talking what we're up against. But I like to think more of it as transition. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's important for um a chair. I mean, if you um, if you talk to the chair first and say, hey, I'd like to get um, someone else's chair to give them some experience, but I'd like you to remain on the committee because you're a vital part of this group. I think that probably would be the best way to handle it because then you're not <clears throat> jumping in, so to speak. You're, you're, you know, explaining that you're trying to help other people grow and you'd like to um, have you know, someone else uh, come into the process. But I, one thing I do believe is I do think bef that a person should be a member of a committee before they're made chair of that committee so that they understand where that committee's been in the past and what they've done and how they've done it rather than just dumping a brand new person in his chair without ever being on that committee first. I mean, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> no, I, I agree, artists. Got to build also, them up. Yeah, it also brings up another uh, an interesting question, though. I mean, Amanda, your your question: Do you do performance evaluations for uh, your committee chairs? You know, periodically. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, but you know, we rate they. Some of our committees do rate their meetings and. You know, I, you know, I, that, that, that's why I either try to attend or listen to the recordings of committee meetings. Sure. You got five minutes. Thank you. Thanks, Travis. How about you, Matt? Have you, have you transitioned? Uh, I just, mm. I, I, I tend to leave people where they are if they're, if they were enjoying hey. it. You know, and yeah, if they say I can't, I you know, I don't want to do it anymore. Then I, you know, then we replace. But that's, I tend to not rough the boat. I don't know where you are. That's kind of where I'm at as well. Okay, my bear. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you know, if uh, yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. If you're happy doing it, let's keep doing it. If it's working, let's keep going. If you're not, then we'll. We'll find somebody else, though. Doug? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah are I you t- kind of in that same boat? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, yes. Uh, and, and sometimes it just sort of organically happens, you know, I mean, somebody, you know, somebody gets a little tired and they, they're not, and, and somebody, some go-getter comes along and they're, you know, it just sort of evolves. Um, but that's, that's what I prefer. I, I haven't had, I, I'm considering replacing one or two people, but I, I haven't done so yet. And uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to figure out how to do that without hurting, you know, without people going away, you know, that's what I'm always afraid of. Well, we got about uh, three minutes left and I guess this is uh, about time for us to wrap up the show. Um, want to thank, uh, my partner in crime, Doug. <laughs> I want to thank our our host, Travis, and our clubhouse slash media streamer, Herbie, for their uh, hard work this evening. Thank you, artists, and for serving as our return panelists, and Amanda for showing up on jumping in short notice <laughs> and hopping into the fray. <laughs> And, uh, of course, these calls take place the second Thursday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern, sponsored by the Broccoli Leadership Institute. Uh, next month's topic. Anyone remember what that is? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing at convention. I know what we're doing at convention, too. Um <laughs> June, I are think we, is, Donna's are, on here. Are we Donna Brown is uh, asking to speak? Oh, Donna, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Our fearless you need me to ba- you need me to bail y'all out. Absolutely. <laughs> we're I'm, we're I'm not water. even on the committee, and I feel like I need to be bailed out. So, um, yeah, June's training is going to be um, talking about, and and maybe affiliate leaders can encourage their delegates and alternate delegates and representatives to the nominating committee to um, attend the June training, which would be June eighth. Um, it's going it's going to be talking. We're going to talk about the responsibilities of the delegate, the alternate delegate and the representative to the nominating committee for the affiliates during the convention. And how can the delegate communicate with their members to uh, make sure that they vote the way their affiliate members want them to vote. And and that that's primarily what we're going to talk about in, in June. Thank you guys tonight, man. You guys were good. Uh, I was right. I, I was thinking that was the topic, but I was second guessing myself. <laughs> Time to go play the lottery. All and then, right. And then the convention and then the convention sessions are um July first at ten AM is the first one, and that's gonna talk about we're gonna have a board meeting of the difficult council of the blind. Oh, that's right. Um and it's <laughs> after the board meeting, then there'll be a lot of interactive uh, you know, parts of that particular training. 1130, we're going to hear from the, uh, I forget the exact title, but basically the executive director of the Chicago Lighthouse. Yep. So, 
Sounds wonderful. Great. So thanks everybody for coming tonight. And thank you, Matt, for leading the group along yes. with Doug. Appreciate that.